Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So, God would use this plumb line not against a wall but against the people and their lives. If I'm out of alignment, God's going to use a plumb line. If my morality is I'm living by my things, God's going to use a plumb line, and He's going to say to me, you're out of alignment, Balmer. What is the plumb line that God uses to test me? What is the plumb line? Don't ever forget it. God's Word is the plumb line for our lives. We live in a world of moral relativism. Whatever we feel is right for us, that's what we go with. If we read the history of the Jews, there was a point when they lived by the same credo. The Bible says that every man did what was right in his own eyes. Sound familiar? Pastor Mark, teaching from Philippians, reminds us of this aspect of Israel's history, as well as God's response. God reiterates that He is the one who sets the standard, and His standard is perfection. Fortunately for us, He has made His Holy Spirit available to indwell us and to give us the power to follow His rules. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 1 of his message, Live the Bible and Share the Word of Life. Let us hear your lessons All right, we're going to study God's Word together, now special. You really need a Bible this morning, because when I announce later on in the teaching, if you have a Bible, just hold it out. If you don't have one, I'm going to ask you to stand. (laughs) So you'll want a Bible. So if you don't have a Bible with you, just raise your hand. Get your hands up. There's thousands of hands going up finally. You're going to need it, because you're going to have to turn to the book of Philippians. You'll know where that is. Today is a teaching that Paul gives us about the Bible. That's why you need one. Turn to the New Testament, Philippians chapter... Every year when we go to Israel, the people have never been before, they always have this question. They go to their hotel room, and as they go to walk into their hotel room, there's this little unit right outside their door. And then they go to a restaurant, and there's that little unit right outside the restaurant door. Trying to figure, what in the world is that thing all over the place? Here's what it is. It's called a mezuzah. Linda and I have one in our home. We have it right on the doorpost. Now, where in the world did that come from? Well, it came from the Old Testament. And you see, if you open up inside it, there's something special inside it. You see, God in the Old Testament, the Torah, commanded the Jewish people to have the Word of God active in their lives. So inside that little mezuzah, is a little rolled up piece of paper, and it's a copy of the Shema. And that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, and it begins like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. 
The Lord is one. So that little Shema is to remind the Jewish people that they should keep God's word close to them. It should be part of their going in and coming out in every part of their life. So you'll watch them. Many of them, will, as they walk out the door, they'll just rub it. Well, Paul's going to take that a big step further. And he's going to tell us today, if you're a Christian, a Christ follower, it's fine to have a mezuzah in your home. Nothing wrong with that. We have one. We love it. It reminds us. But Paul's going to say this. You have to have the Word of God not folded up in a little thing on your doorpost, but the Word of God should actually be living inside of you, and you should be sharing the Word of God with your mouth. So realistically, if you're a Christ follower today, what Paul is saying, you and I should be a living mezuzah. The Word of God is so much a part of our lives. What is that going to look like, and how can we do that? How can we actually accomplish that? Look at Philippians chapter 2. Verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing. What was that word for complain? Can you remember? Gaguzo. Don't complain. Good job. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God, without fault. And look at the kind of world Paul described. In a crooked and depraved generation, in which you, in contrast, shine like a bright star on a dark night in the universe. The world is watching Christ's followers. The reason? We're different. Not weird, just different. We learn three ways that we're to be different. Against the backdrop of a world that's crooked depraved, you and I as a Christ follower should be different in our character, in our character. What you see is what you get. There's honesty. There's integrity. There's a person that, well, you can trust them. We're to be different. The second and third, a Christ follower should be different in attitude. Not a griper, not a complainer. Everything's always wrong. Man, oh man, nobody should be complaining today. You had an extra hour of sleep. I mean, God gave you this. I know when we complain, it's in the spring, don't we? Oh, I lost an hour of sleep. No ganguzo. So we should be positive people. And then, of course, not only that, but people who are different in action. Love in action. Grace in action. The peace of God flows through our lives. So as we interact with people, we're simply different. Now, why is the world different than that? The world is different in that because it functions without God. Without God in their lives, just like 2,000 years ago, our world today is crooked and depraved. The word for crooked is our English word scoliosis, curved spine. It meant spiritually, not physically, that the world, because of sin, is warped, deviated from that which is morally good. And then Paul takes it a step further. The world is not only crooked, it's depraved, perverse, really morally corrupt, really off the standard of being morally correct. But Paul says, when God comes in our lives, we're transformed. 
And people can see a difference. Everybody else is walking like this. We're walking like this. You know, I remember one time I went to India. I like to go to India because the people are short. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can buy shoes there and everything. My size. Well, I went with a guy from Merritt Island. He was a big, tall, blonde guy. About 6'3". Well, everywhere you went, I knew where he was. Didn't matter how many people. There he is. And the second reason I knew where he was, because everybody was around him. They were going, wow, what kind of a guy is that? And so what the world is looking for is somebody that's what? Stands out. They stand out. They're different. Well, why do we stand out? One word. Because God's transformed us. So write this down. A transformed life. One that's not scoliosed. One that's not depraved. But one that's honest in character. Somebody that's blameless in our nature. We're not gripers and complainers. And we shine. Why? We're a powerful witness to one thing. The effectiveness of God's word. That which changes came from the truth of God's word. When we believed it and put it into action, the things that the Bible say actually happened. Our life was transformed. So the world's looking at us. The world's looking for what we have. Now look at verse 16, and Paul shows us how this actually works. As you, Christ followers, circle this word, hold. I'll give you two definitions in a moment. As you hold out... The word of life, in order that I might boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. That word hold in the original language, the Greek, has two meanings. Here's the first meaning I want you to write today. Hold fast. It has the meaning of holding tight or fast or it becomes part of us. And what does that mean in actuality? To hold fast the word of God means to believe God's word. And then simply live by it. One day Paul wrote to Timothy and he said it in this sentence. Timothy, keep a close watch on how you live and by the way, on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and for the salvation of those who hear you. So in our world, we're going to be different because number one, Paul says, hold fast, believe God's word, and then live by it. Now, how did Paul's world, and how did our world today, get so crooked and depraved? Here's how. When God created the nation of Israel, he took Abraham and he says, I'm going to make you a great nation. And you're going to be different than the pagan nations of the world. You're not going to sacrifice your children on the altars of Molech, which the pagans did. Many, many of their babies were killed, given to the God to please the God. He says, you're not going to be like that. By the way, you're not going to have many gods. You're not going to have multiple wives. You're going to be a very different people. Well, as time went on, Moses came on the scene and they got the word of God and they got much of the Old Testament. As we go through the Bible, we begin to see this. Instead of holding fast to the word of God... Believing in and living by it, pretty soon Israel became like the world. And so there was no difference between the pagans and God's people. And finally, amazingly, we see what really took place, and it's the same problem we have today. 
Look on Judges 17, verse 6. Look what it says. In those days, Israel had no king. And all the people, that's followers of God in those days, all the people did whatever seemed right in whose eyes? Say it with me. In their own eyes. Does that sound familiar to you at all? You see, when we're around people, we say, well, why did you do that? Well, it's the way I believe. What do you mean that's the way you believe? Well, it's right in my eyes. I can do that. It's okay. Well, when did they become the standard? So that's what happened to Israel. Instead of holding fast to the principles of God's word, they just did what was ever right in their own eyes. Way back then. Now, you're going to see in a moment, God has a solution for them. Well, in our day, is it any different? No, it's not any different. Barna did a survey recently. Let me read it to you. About half of all adults, 54%, claim they make moral choices on the basis of some specific principle they believe in. It doesn't have to be the Bible. About half the people say, well, I have a principle. I live by this principle. Another common means of making moral choices, 24% of the people said this. I make choices on whatever feels right to me. And then it goes worse. Whatever I feel happy about. Whatever doesn't cause conflict. So the bottom line to all of this in this survey in the United States was this. Overall, one out of every six adults, 16%, one out of every six, claim that they make their moral choices based on the content of the Bible. So five out of six people live in the United States by doing what is right in their own eyes. It's absolutely no different than the scripture I just read to you. The bottom line is, these people, sometimes believers, they say they are, and they just go, for many of our pulpits today, I wish I didn't have to say this is true, many of our pulpits today, many pastors will say, much of this is not true. We'll get many pastors today say, you can do this lifestyle. I know the Bible says it's wrong, but we live in different ages. Well, God had a solution because now some of the churches became just like the world. You see, what are the unbelievers saying when they do what's right in their own eyes? What they're saying is simply this. We don't need a God. And for sure, we don't need any words from God. We're fine just doing what we think is right. But God's word tells us something very different. Now, I want you to turn to the Old Testament. It's the book of Amos. Not Amos and Andy. It's the book of Amos. You haven't been there probably for a while. Almost to maybe a third of the way through the Bible. Almost to the end of the Old Testament. The book of Amos. Now, when God saw what Israel was doing, and you want to go to Amos chapter 7, He gave a vision to his prophet. And his prophet wrote these words, which are so appropriate for you and I today. I'm going to read it out in the New Living Translation. Notice what it says. Verse 7. Then he, God, showed me another vision. I saw the Lord standing beside a wall that had been built using a plumb line. He was checking it with a plumb line to see if it was straight. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? 
And I answered a plumb line. And the Lord replied, I will test my people with this, my plumb line. And he ends with these words. I will no longer ignore all their sins. Now, Amos wasn't building a literal wall. This was a spiritual application. It was the lives of the so-called believers. And God says, I'm going to use a plumb line. Now, we're not too familiar with plumb lines because we use lasers and whatever to make sure a wall straight. But it's simply a cord with a lead weight. Builders would use it. And they would hold it up against the wall to see if the wall was plumb. If it was in line. If it was straight. And then they could continue building. You see, a plumb line provides a comparison. A standard that can tell you spiritually, is everything all right or is there something wrong? So God would use this plumb line, not against a wall, but against the people and their lives. If I'm out of alignment, God's going to use a plumb line. If my morality is I'm living by my things, God's going to use a plumb line and he's going to say to me, you're out of alignment, Balmer. What is the plumb line that God uses to test me? What is the plumb line? Don't ever forget it. God's word is the plumb line for our lives. You see, God's word tells us how to live. It's to be our plumb line. God gave his word as the standard for living. The Bible, his standard for living, not whatever man decides is right in their own eyes. You see, without this plumb line, we have no way to know what to do, how to live, and what to pattern our lives after. So our life has a plumb line. So Paul says, hold fast to your Bibles. Hold fast to your Bibles. Now, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I want you to hold it up right now. Just hold up the Bibles. Now, those of you who don't have a Bible, you stand. I'm going to laugh at you right now. (laughs) No, I'll be graceful. Do you remember why I said, here's your Bible. Hold it up again. Look, Look around you. Is that a good picture? That's a great picture. Okay, thank you. It's beautiful. By the way, you know you could do that in a lot of churches? You might see a couple. You're doing good, guys. Now, let me ask you a question. Since that Bible is the plumb line for my life, let's give you a couple illustrations. What if I don't use the plumb line until the wall is basically almost finished? Would that make any sense? Some of you live in a house, and you've done this. We've done this. You had a house built. It had carpet in it. We did this at home. And we've taken the carpet out of basically all of our rooms. Either we put tile or we put this new amazing wood in. We have a guy in the church that loves to do tile and other people. And he came over. What does a guy that laid tile discover about the squareness of most of our rooms? You already know, don't you? At the end, he's got to do what? Why? You know, the, 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 the outside started like this. And all of a sudden, when he gets near the wall, it's about like... <laughs> what happened? It wasn't square. Nobody checked it as it was going along. So 
It's no good in our life if we just kind of every once in a while go, well, let's see how I'm doing. No, it needs to be repeatedly in front of us so we can see how we're doing. Now, let me ask you another question. What if the plumb line is used, but it's simply far away from the wall? Is it any good? What if this is the wall here and this is the plumb line? And I go, "Eh, it looks pretty good. What's that an illustration of? This is the illustration. For some of you, the Bible is far away from your everyday life. At best, the Bible. When you leave this place, it's thrown in the backseat of your car. And there it remains till next week. Oop, get my Bible. Bomber always complains about us not bringing my Bible. Am I right? Tell me, say, oh no, Pastor Mark. Bible's always with me. And you're the ones that have this family Bible that weighs 74 pounds. And it sits right in your... Because if I ever visit you, there's my Bible. There's my Bible. (laughs) Praise God. See, what good is that? It's useless. Because it's not in contact with you. It's not a part of you. It's something that's on the periphery of your life. Paul said, hold fast. Trust it. Believe it. Put it in your heart. And live by it. God said the very same thing. He's not against mezuzahs. But notice what God said in Deuteronomy 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. You see, for some of you, and I'm saying this very kindly, the Bible is a religious deal to you. You're going to bring a Bible or you're going to ask for a Bible, but it's not a part of your life. Well, how can you ever walk straight if the Bible is not living in you? It is a living Bible. It is words on pages. But Hebrews chapter 4 says it is alive. So one of the spiritual foundations of success is reading, studying, and living the Bible. Everything you and I need to know about God about life is found in the Bible. And yet many never take the time to ever even read it or study it. And spiritually, you're starving yourself and you're not growing, you're not maturing, and you're not a shining light in the world. In fact, all of a sudden, many of us become just like the world. Well, how do we change that? Paul says, hold fast to it. Make it a part of your life. I want to show you a way to change that in your life. To take this plumb line and have it close to you and be a part of you and learn to grow together. Today, we were reminded of just how different God's standards are than those of the people in the world. God's requirements ensure that nobody gets into heaven unless they do it God's way. Pastor Mark told us of the good news of God's having made a way for us to meet his requirements through Jesus. Having accepted his rules, he welcomes us into his kingdom. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Live the Bible and Share the Word of Life. We will be taught about God's plumb line and how living a life for Christ should be different from living life our way. We'll be reminded of the truth that trying to do life without God's power will end in dismal failure on this earth as well as eternity separated from Him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. Together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.